Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it's good to be with you. Today, we are taking some time to talk about the perennial wisdom of awe. And that word perennial may be familiar to some, but just to kind of give a sense of it, perennial tends to mean spanning across traditions. So you can find it, it seems true in more than one place. And it turns out with that word awe, there's actually a ton of different ways that people have defined it over the centuries even. But if we can just take a basic definition that kind of includes all of them, you can see awe as a universal emotion, something that all people can experience when they are feeling overwhelmed by things like greatness. And so things that are fascinating, things that are mysterious, things that are supernatural, all of this tends to elicit a response in us. And what's more, awe, very excitingly, has this crossover with science as well. So people have done studies, social studies on this kind of thing, where they take a group of people into one room and they take a group of people into another room. And so this one room, they might watch a nature video, like all these amazing things happening in nature. This other group watches 10 minutes, so each of them is getting 10 minutes. But this other group watches 10 minutes of something like a news segment. And then they stage a whole thing. So somebody comes into the room, they accidentally drop these pens all over the floor, and they found that people that had just watched something that would elicit awe were more likely to help pick up those pens to be helpful, which is just fascinating to me. So the perennial wisdom of awe. Christina, I'm struck that this idea of perennial wisdom, yes, it, it shows up if I'm hearing you right in these different sort of spiritual faith traditions, but I love just this example that you gave that it also shows up in science, that as a researcher, people are also noticing that when we are exposed to awe, it elicits a different emotional response to us. And so again, I think that just speaks to there's a thread within humanity that rings true with this idea of kind of being caught up in something greater than ourselves, those sorts of moments that you're describing. Yeah, and I, I was thinking back to what maybe what was one of the first experiences that I had with this thing of awe or a moment that I called awesome. But thinking back, I, I was a kid and I'm not exactly sure what age, but we would take these sort of summer, late summer, fall vacations to the Fort Davis Mountains. One of the things that I noticed is whenever I first would trek up into the mountain, um, and I got to the top of the mountain. I looked out over the valley and I had what I would call an awe experience. And it it did something to me inside. And so, you know, the next day I would trek up to the mountain again. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's great, but it's not all that great. And then um, I would do it again, you know, maybe a, a day or so later. And the more that I did it, in a, in a repetitious manner, the less that I experienced awe. But I also noticed that whenever I would take a break from that experience, so coming back the very next year and hiking to the top of the mountain and looking out, uh, taking a break from like doing it repetitiously, that I would have that same awe experience. So I think that's something that comes up 
for me is I think one, when we try to formulate awe in our life or, you know, make a pattern out of it, somehow the ability to inspire awe in ourselves diminishes. That is fascinating. I don't know why, but it brings me right back to food. Uh, when you first take a bite of something and you're like, oh, that is so amazing. But actually something about your palate gets a little dull the more that you take it in. So it can be helpful to take a drink and it's something about that refreshes everything. And similarly, maybe going up the mountain and then, oh, I did that once before. So we, we need a refresh somehow, which is, is interesting. Uh, and reminds me a lot of mindfulness, which is something I've practiced with food a lot lately, which is probably why food is what comes to mind. But even when I'm drinking a cup of coffee while I'm reading, I've been trying to like take that microsecond pause to say, oh, <laughs> this is good. I've been so enjoying this because otherwise I do think repetition kind of dulls the senses. And Again, scientifically speaking, when they talk about awe, they talk about all these benefits. The mood increases, that time seems more spacious, that your critical thinking even, somehow it's gonna help you in your work. There's all this benefit to engaging with awe. Yeah, I was recently on a 24 hour silent retreat. And so, you know, you eat your meals in silence just by yourself. And to your point, Christina, I think a lot of times we are rushing through food, et cetera. And at least for me, when I'm on a silent retreat, the meal time is a highlight for me because I'm breaking up. I'm, even though I'm not talking to other people, I'm maybe in, in a setting where other people are eating in the other room or whatnot. And so this practice of eating really slowly and really being mindful of, and I found myself like, wow, I'm so grateful for, and you know, we might pray, thank you for the hands who prepared this food, kind of a blessing, but like, literally I'm grateful. And I, and I was mindful of where this potato came from and who grew this onion, those sorts of things in the slower sense. And so I wonder if even that sense of awe, you know, um, and not every meal is like that for sure, but taking those times where we can slow down and really sort of soak in, in a slower manner, some of these day-to-day -day ordinary things that otherwise are not very awe-inspiring. <laughs> a potato in general is not that awe-inspiring unless one is sitting there really reflecting on that potato. Yeah. And I think that's something else that comes up for me as, as we're talking about awe is this, what can produce awe in oneself. And I know that we're talking about spirituality running in those circles. What I've discovered and being a part of faith traditions is that idea of creating these formulas to these experiences that we have in life. I think the, the thing that I've, you know, that we've touched on a little bit, if you do something over and over again, it diminishes the, the ability to have an awe-induced moment. But I think one of the things that I have noticed maybe can play into awe is this sense that we could have an openness in ourselves, like open to new possibilities, open to new experiences. I think the more that we try to control the more that we try to schedule, the more that we try to make something formulaic, uh, the less likely we are to have awe experiences. One of the things that I've noticed is that just having a general openness to the world and openness to people is probably a, a really, if, if you could have a formula to uh, an awe-inducing experience, probably I would say openness would be one of the things that you could have as a formula. For sure, because it does hit you by surprise. It, it it comes out of nowhere. Like this morning, I'm working out and that's gonna be a busy, right? So from the time my workouts start, 
ends to the time that we are leaving the house is like 40 minutes. It's going to be super fast. And so I was just quickly looking out the window and I it was like so pink, blazing pink over the treetops. And I, I did try to capture it with my phone, but phones don't actually capture the color as bright as it really was. And I was like, Dominic, you have to come over here, which I do think that the sharing of your own awe experiences is also probably a really meaningful piece of it. You can experience it by yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you get to share it, it kind of opens up this whole world. And we have frequently said since moving here, the pink skies, oh my gosh, take a look at that. And so we do spend a lot more time trying to look up, but you don't get it every day. So even thinking back to that, comment that you made earlier. It really is the fact that this does not happen every moment of every day. It's another special aspect of it. And I think there's something to the idea of openness and even practicing gratitude. And so uh, we recently, we found out someone that was starting their, uh, like a cleaning business. And so we hired he and his partner to do a, a deep clean for our house. Cause our house like desperately needed a deep clean. And so when we walked in, it was like, Oh my gosh, this looks amazing. Right. Cause they just spent time in detail that we otherwise would not. And so one area that Chris and I were celebrating were the trash, like the trash can lids were shining in our kitchen. And so we were like, oh my gosh, like, look at these trash cans. And our 11 year old daughter was like, are you kidding me, mom and dad? Like you're sitting there talking about a trash can. You sound like um, my older brother. And, and this summer we had gone to um, visit my family and we were going on a tour of this park. And my brother was like celebrating these trash cans in this park. And he's really been trying to practice gratitude. And so we were kind of like joking around with my brother, like, okay, seriously, you're taking us on a tour and talking about trash cans. But it was like, I had this moment. And then um, probably two days later, I was listening to a podcast and someone was talking about going to Disney world with their family. And lo and behold, they mentioned the trash cans and how every detail of Disney down to the trash cans brought joy to this family. And I thought, you know what they're like, I, you know, God bless my brother who we were kind of um, joking around with this summer. I had that moment with the trash cans and really being open to the gratitude and even something as simple as that. Yes. The gorgeous skies and the awesome bird that I just saw, but also something as simple as that can be part of our day to day life as well. Which just to say is another benefit of awe. They actually say materialism goes way down, right? So it's not just shiny diamonds. It's shiny trash can lids. So <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> can I just say that I think one of the the things that I'm looking forward to um, and I've missed during the past couple of years during the pandemic is I think music is very uh, awe producing in me, like having an experience with other people playing, playing music with other people has this ability to produce awe in me. And I've noticed during the pandemic, because we haven't been playing with many people or, you know, congregating, singing together hasn't been something that has been a part of our faith tradition or uh, just a general experience in life. And so I am looking forward to having more moments of, of music being something that produces on me. Um, there's just nothing like playing uh, your guitar and singing with other people, or, you know, you don't even have to be playing. You could just be in the same setting. And I think that's one thing that I've missed is during the pandemic, you don't get together and listen to concerts or bands 
and you, you're not caught up in the moment of this group of people experiencing the same exact piece of music. And I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I agree with you on my silent retreat. So the monastery where I go, you have a little name tag that says I am on a silent retreat so that people know not to talk to you. And so I went to this little dining area and this one woman, and I would have loved to talk, but she's like, hi, do you want some company? And so I'm like, you know, showing her my tag. And so she left me alone, but it just so happened that there was a Suzuki violin concert of young musicians in Madison that were in the room next to me. And so all of a sudden I'm sitting there in silence, quote unquote, with my food and this beautiful string just starts playing. And it was just this lovely moment of, again, dulling my, like I didn't have the conversation piece and that sort of expression. And so again, that heightened awareness of it wasn't just background music. Like if I were at my house and had Pandora on in the background, there was something about that element of really experiencing that awe with slowly chewing my food, looking out a window at the trees and hearing this music. And so, you know, I think there's this layering effect that we can have of awe too. Sometimes when we're stripped away from certain aspects, other aspects, I think tend to be heightened. Maybe like, you know, when someone is blind and their sense of hearing is greater, some of those sorts of dynamics. Well, I very much appreciate, I mean, I re- especially this moment where we took that time to say maybe openness helps us with this, this f- finding a way to increase our awe capacity or like our ability to notice awe seems to have meaningful benefit in our lives, connection wise, for our personal well-being, which is again, going back to that science, they actually say our own sense of well-being goes through the roof. And so who doesn't need all that? Who doesn't want to feel better and feel more connected to people? So that is the perennial wisdom of awe. And now is the time that we take a moment to talk about what we are into. What are we into friends? Well, I am into my uh, Stanley since 1913 cup. And so uh, we recently, I got like a co-op membership at REI and you get like a free $20, whatever. And so I splurged and bought this like thermal cup with a straw and a handle. It's a nice yellow color. And I am, I am so grateful. I am often in awe of (laughs) my cup recently. And so that is what I'm into. I am into my new cup. Well, I have been into the new television series uh, called Foundations based off of uh, Isaac Osmov's book, uh, Foundations. And I have not really been uh, able to read them yet, but I'm watching the television series and I'm super inspired to actually read the books now. So I am into Foundations. Wahoo! Uh, I am into planning Thanksgiving dinner. So probably by the time this episode airs, Thanksgiving will be gone. But in this particular moment, I've got the menu. I've made the grocery list. I've gotten all the people in my family excited about what's coming. And I'm just dreaming of it. So that is what I am into. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you are looking to go deeper into your spiritual journey, we do invite you to check out our spiritual direction page on our website. There's all kinds of additional information there, videos that can tell you more about what spiritual direction and companioning is all about. Until next time, make it a great week. Mm -hmm.